0: Hello and welcome to From Pazita Rich, the podcast designed to inspire advisors to increase profitability and quality of life. My name is Justin Lakin. I'm on the advisory team with Wes Young here. and I manage our podcast as well, kind of a dual hat purpose. Today we're joined by special guest, Dr. John Branch as we continue our discussion on traveling light. we're on part six, focused on growing a business or owning a job. Wes, how are you doing today?
1: I am super excited today. Uh, Looking forward to to our conversation.
0: And John, thank you for being on the podcast today. It's a privilege to have you. Well, thanks. Thanks for having me, guys. Now, Wes, I know we have some great questions for John and I want to dive into his insights, but could you give our listeners that may not have had a chance to join from some of the previous episodes a recap of the overarching theme on Traveling Light Series?
1: I will. I will. And I thought it would be important to acknowledge one thing because everybody right now, if they've been following the podcast for any length of time, is asking a question. They're saying, where is Andy? What happened to Andy? Right. Because Andy's usually with us on these. Andy, um, a- Andy's still doing great. He's going to be back on next week. He just had a, a, an obligation that he had to be at. So Phil, just wanted to give you that update because otherwise I know you wouldn't even hear the rest of what we have to say today because he's such a big part of what we do. Um, no, I, I love this topic. I love this topic, the, the theme of this, this traveling light, uh, because I think it's fundamental to the, the really the quality and direction of our life that we'll ultimately live. And, and it really comes down to this idea that all of us have a gap between where we are and where we wanna be, a gap between what we see today and what could be tomorrow. And in its healthiest form, it, it's actually a really powerful thing. I think it's one of the beautiful, most beautiful things about life, because in its healthy form, it's where it's where the anticipation lives. You know, if you've ever, you know, we got Christmas coming up, and a lot of kids are going to that night before anticipate the next morning, and that's exciting. It's 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 a good feeling, a good emotion. Um, it, it's where faith lives. Faith is the substance of things we hope for, right? The evidence of things we've not yet seen, and, and it actually gives you the energy to do hard things. In order to get to that future that you want most. So I think in its healthiest form, this, this thing that's in me and in in all of us about where we are today and where we want to be, this gap, um, it can be really good. And I I think here's the thing about the gap. It never goes away. It just moves. So no matter how much you accomplish, how many, how much success you have, how far down the road you get, um, your gap never goes away. It just moves. It's like the horizon. Um, because we were built for better, and you and you just can't stop that or turn it off. In fact, well, we talk about this a lot in the pa- in the other podcast, but uh, in our p- previous podcast, is it, it, if you try to turn it off. In other words, if you say, "Well, can't you just be happy with where you are or a piece of where you are?" And I and I think piece of where you are has nothing to do with the absence of ambition. And in fact, I think it actually if you if you don't have a bigger vision for your tomorrow than your current today. Your memories exceed your dreams. I, I think the end is near, right? and, and 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 Andy brought this up in one of the podcasts that you you rust out. He said you just go passive, and there's no more anticipation of life. This this kind of dead feeling where you are, but also you don't want to burn out because the tricky part is I can go too far the other way where I'm so focused on the future of where I'm trying to end up that I don't even really enjoy where I'm at. I don't enjoy the journey uh, of going there. And the problem is if we, if we, if we adapt that mindset, one of the things we'll be in it is a a journey that never gets uh, an endless set of problems that never get solved. And so what we've been talking about in this is that it, 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 we don't want to burn out. We don't want to rust out. We want to be able to be happy with where we are and have joy where we are and peace where we are on our way to where we're going. And that there are some guardrails that we've observed um, having you know observed the lives of a lot of great uh, people, uh, some some that own businesses, some some that uh, have accomplished extraordinary things that just seem to travel light, uh, and, and and it's not that they don't have a big vision for their future, and it's not that they're not grateful for where they are. It's this balance between the two that they're really good at keeping there, um, which is why I am so excited to have uh, one of my best friends, John Branch, Dr. John Branch, on the. On the podcast with us today, because John and I, we 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 you know talk all the time. We we meet basically every week, and and we talk about this stuff all the time. John, as as you know, and uh, so so having you aboard here, you've grown uh, some really successful business enterprises, and I've seen you walk through a variety of ups and downs, and uh, and I just thought, man, this would be you know, you're you're not in the financial business per se, like like the most of our our, our listeners are. But there are so many universal things, and so many things I've learned from you, and that I've observed in our life together. That I thought, man, it'd just be great to have you on here to kind of talk about your journey and, and some of these guardrails, some of these things that you put in place, and specifically when it comes to traveling light as you're as you're growing a business versus like working a job. So, so John, thanks for being on and uh, and just ha- happy to have you here, brother.
2: Yeah, just it's, it's great to join you guys. Um, yeah, I mean. Over the last years as we've talked you know we we you know we're in you know parallel uh pathways uh, you know, and we're all in these different um, industries but you know when when I started out in uh, medicine, it was over twenty years ago, and um you know I just had a dream and a plan, and you know everything was living towards the future so the idea of of traveling light or understanding, you know, the difference between past, present, future, and how they all weigh differently was a, a foreign thing for me. So, and the the road to being uh, a doctor is a long one. It's, it's it's you know I'm looking around in my twenties and my friends are out having a blast, and I'm <laughs> I'm stuck at the hospital late at night. So. <laughs> It's a, it's a, it's definitely lens towards uh, delayed gratification and that vision for the future. And, um, it's just part of it. Um, and so, um, I don't know if you want to go back through the, the story of, you know, yeah, about,
1: but yeah. if you could take a little bit of time and, and maybe for all of our listeners, just give us, give them a little background, maybe on, on, on some of your business enterprises that you operate today and, and how that looks. And then if you could, after that kind of back up to like the difference of what things were like when you were getting started and just thoughts and mindsets. Sure. Sure. So, so now, um, so presently I've got,
2: um, I've got a, a, a pretty large ophthalmology practice. We specialize in vision correction surgery. We, um, we cover from Austin all the way up to, to Temple. It's a huge over a hundred mile radius of uh, geography and we have two surgery suites, a LASIK suite. Um, we've got, you know, pushing 30 employees um, and we've grown dramatically over the last handful of years. Um, so we, we have a, a, a surgical uh, suite division, which is almost a separate entity within the practice. Um, on top of that, I, I own two of the three buildings that we have practice in. So I've always had a real estate um, knack. So so uh, I bought. I got into commercial real estate through my practice. So I've got two uh, two commercial buildings and a third one now that was all leveraged through my practice. Um, you know, so real estate, real estate and medicine are the main things that I'm doing now. And uh, in the past, I've uh, had other stuff. Uh, I've had an optical. I've had two parallel practices, but currently. We're a fairly large, uh, fairly large vision correction practice here in central Texas. And, um, and that and the real estate are the two big things right now that I'm into with some, uh, with the few projects on the horizon that are looking pretty promising as well. Um, but to back that up, you know, and right now, uh, currently I, I, I see patients, um, about three and a half days a week. Um, part of that is doing surgery. I just, it, I just, I just rushed here to get to this meeting. I'd uh, 17 cases this morning. And, uh, you know, so I do surgery three days a week. I do laser a day a week. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm actually trying to back out. I'm trying to do less and less clinical and have doctors that I hire, I kind of take over some of the reins. Um, uh, and that's, that's kind of where I'm at now. I do, I do kind of the side, the real estate and some other stuff on the, on the side now, just when I, uh, usually the weekends when I have some quiet time. So that's, that's, that's where I'm at now with the practice and, and the goal of the next, you know, five years is kind of grow it and increase the ability of the practice and um, who knows about the, uh, where where we're going to go with it. But um, that's, that's where we're at now. And, and backing up, you know, I always, when you get out of medical school, then you go to residency, it's a, it's a different world. There's no, there's no business uh, there. It's just medicine. It's, and there's, there's the business of medicine uh when you're in residency you're taught by academics and yeah. they've never started a practice. And so you get out and I work for a hospital for a year and worked uh, work for another practice for a year. Then I'd say, hey I, I'm just gonna go for it. Yeah. Baptism by fire for uh for learning business and what's PL and the payroll and and insurance. <laughs> you know, the whole thing of running a a, a practice um is a foreign concept. It's completely foreign concept to most doctors. So it was it was announced back um eleven and a half, twelve years ago now. And so it's been a it's been a long road since then. Um so
1: John on on, on that would you say like the 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 most traveled path for somebody who comes out of medical school and is and, and is starting to to are they Are they looking for a job? Is that is that like and is that the normal path people stay on is to put your head down and and work a job for for the path? There's not or is there a a smaller group that has that entrepreneurial bent?
2: Yeah. So, yeah, for most for most people, it's just getting a job. That's just kind of the um, the general idea of medicine is you go through all this training then you get a job. You work for a practice or a hospital. Uh, Maybe you become a partner in a small practice someday um starting your own practice is 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 uh there's a small set and it's getting smaller and smaller because it's getting harder and harder because um you you got want it and uh the for me there was a level of uh, ignorance that protected me <laughs> i just didn't know i didn't i didn't know hey this is there's no safety net here there's <laughs> yeah, no that's
1: right so there there's
2: a, there's there's definitely definitely a trend towards employment for for most doctors
1: yeah and, and when you think about this because you and I spent a lot of time talking about this and, and and the the mind shift of of really getting to a place um where you're you're truly focused on growing a business or in your case businesses you know business ventures um versus owning the job what, what do you what do you think about that what are some of the things that you think are hard about making that that leap in your mind because Because it sounds like in the beginning, it wasn't always like a path that you already had outlined. It was like something you came across as you began to do the work and say, well, maybe there's something else out here. Walk walk us through that. Yes. So
2: I I think most of us that, that, you know, want to start a business, the original vision is you're doing everything. You know, it's like I, I have a talent for this. So I'm going to do it. And so that was when I started out, it was like, you know what? I'm just going to get as busy as I can take care of patients the best I can. And just and just I'm I'm just going to keep going as as far as my body will allow me. Yeah. um, So that was the original mindset. I learned pretty quickly that that you can only go so far and there's there's only so much you can do, even though you feel like you're the best person that can do this yeah you realize pretty quickly that you gotta you gotta have some people around you to you know pretty much uh, you got you gotta have leverage and your leverage is is people you trust and people you hire so mm-hmm. um and so as 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 time's gone by that you know my vision of of having a really you know profitable business and having a an environment where people can like learn and grow and become better versions of themselves as employees and then taking care of thousands and thousands of patients a year um from a business side, I I feel like I I can look at myself in third person now. Said me as a, the doctor, it's just another piece of that. But mm-hmm. me, as a business owner, I've I've really got to look at the big picture and be a little more um, impartial to looking at it. And like at looking at myself within the yeah. practice is, is something. And, and and my more important taking a step back and being this third person or being the guy you know grinding it out from day to day.
1: Yeah. And John, I, so I've seen, I've got to see a uh, front row seat to seeing you add additional talent to your organization uh, over and over again. If you, this, this, we have a broad brush of different advisors that are in various places of their, their own journey. But when you were, when you, one thing that comes up consistently in, in uh, uh, the questions on the podcast are, and I think you would be great to answer this in your world, when you were hiring that first person, Or that second person, like, what was the mentality? What, how did you know who to go to first? Because you obviously didn't hire uh, two other doctors right Mm -hmm. off the bat, right? And so, what were some of the things that kind of helped you say, "This is what I'm going to do next"?
2: Yeah, yeah, it's um, it's it was, you know, I'm looking back at the time, and it was like, it was God's grace that I hired the people I did (laughs) because, uh, you know, I I a lot of it's I get I go with my gut and. Even back then, you know, I had, I was 31 years old hiring people that were 15, 20 years older than me. Um, and, you know, I was, you know, I was like, I had a consultant kind of helping me, but I was like, ah, okay, well, let's just, let's just listen to what they say. And yeah. but at, at the end of the day, there was, there was some stuff that they would say that like, Hey, this seems like a good person. Um, I I trust them. My gut says, I trust them. And they're competent. And so is this is this somebody that you know I hire I hire by my perceived character of the person's probably one of the highest things. Um is like if I think they're a, a, a good person that's smart, that's trainable, that's really our our main way we hire now. It's, it yeah. hasn't changed much. Is is it, you can you can teach most stuff, you can't teach character. Character is what somebody's got coming into that interview. Yeah.
1: No that that's great. And would you say, like, so on a realm of, uh, on a realm of, of like fear, when you're the, when you're hiring your first person and budgets are tight and you don't know necessarily if the money's going to keep flowing in, um, versus now when you're, you're more mature in your practice and you've got a little more margin, right? And you, and you've done this. Several times by adding value increasing the value of the practice outside of yourself um but but really, is it does it ever feel convenient to hire or or is it is it always one of those It's like is this going to work or you know just walk us through your thinking there
2: yeah, yeah, it what changes i mean your margins change everything right so when you, when you don't have margin, if you're starting out in any business, whether it's you know advisor or medicine or a coffee shop um when you're looking at new hires it's like number 1 it's more like how is this going to make the business more money yeah. um now now i can say well how is this going to save my personal bandwidth more so I, right. I look at it a little different now but i'm starting out. i was very very pragmatic uh hiring people if if i thought we could um if i thought we could see more patients or generate more revenue without hiring somebody i just wouldn't do it um But but as times go, you know, it's time. There's always that uh, that point where you're like, you know what, I can only do so much, and this is just not working. Um, So, there's a level of uh, faith in in the next employee you have to have. But that at first, I didn't. I was very very pragmatic. We had we had. I only had those two employees the first two years of my practice. Yeah. We were hooving it. Yeah, <laughs> we were great, but it it definitely changes the more margin you have. But looking back, I don't think I would have changed the way I did it back then, though. Yeah. Uh, but understanding that, hey, there's only so much you can do with cert- a certain amount of people, but you got to be ready to take the next step before you hire that person. Yeah. You know?
1: Yeah, and I and I want to come back to that in a minute because the just varying listeners on our call, and and I, we find that that human capital element of of Really, even for advisors, you, you you know that can we've seen advisors three, four, five years in that that are still doing everything themselves, and and when and through EAN, which is one of the uh, elite advisor networks that we belong to, um, just it, it because there there isn't generally a clear path, there isn't generally a clear next step forward. It's amazing when you can just speak that into someone's life to say, "Look, you're going to continue to to hit this ceiling of complexity because one." you're doing everything. You are the front office. You're the bookkeeper. You're the back, you know, back office. Um, You're doing billing. You're doing all these things. And you're not very good at all those things. You may be a really good upfront advisor, but you're limiting your, your highest and best use has got to be one thing. Yes. And, and so continuing to allow you to do that highest and best use, I think is one of the things that I've observed you do really, really well. Um, And you're high. I believe this is something also that it's like this transition. And I don't know, in advisory world, you know, as you mentioned, we're on pretty similar paths as far as where our practices are. Um, I think that you spend that first being so good and surrounding yourself with a, with a team that can help you do more of the, the front work, right? The, the advisory work, or in your case, surgeries and, and, you know, seeing people and doing the things you need to do. And then at some point it gets to the thing where you've built a really good infrastructure and you've got such uh, bandwidth as far as uh, demand, that then it, you need to begin to add other people, other use to the organization at, at some point, and uh, I've, I've seen you do that really well. I want to, I want to, I want to switch gears just a little bit, John, and and ask you something. So it, you've got this great practice, and hearing you, everybody, you know where you are today is great. And sometimes it can be really difficult to identify because of where someone might be that that things uh, always went really smoothly, and and so. Can you just talk about some of the really like some of the difficulty things that you bumped up against and 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 maybe how you your mindset helps you get around that or, or just some of the low points that maybe that inevitably come come up on the path to success?
2: Yeah. yeah you know, the, the one that always comes to mind when I think of that and you and I have talked about this uh, several times is um, I had a point. I was um, four years into my practice. I was still young and learning. I had, I had three kids, like under four years old at the point in this, and I saw an opportunity to to uh, buy another practice, a second practice, and within two weeks of that, we opened up a whole new uh, uh, what we call two door optical and two different locales, and because I, I had these glasses. Of, I had success in my original practice. And so I said, well, I can project out what's going to happen there. But I only had so much bandwidth. I couldn't have the same management of these the second practice and the third business. And it quickly went downhill. And so I, I, had, uh, I had very little bandwidth to give to the business because I was doing everything. And I expected myself to do everything in the three And my family life, I I was completely stressed uh, from, you know, wake up to going to sleep Um, and just the infrastructure wasn't in place to expand. And I had the vision for it, the vision for the future, but my uh, just not a realistic, um, I guess, I guess a realistic embrace of the current like, yeah. Can I do what I'm doing now on a scale bigger and still, and that, so that was the the biggest thing. And I actually had to shut down both those two other businesses. So it was like, I view it as a failure because I, I saw p- potential, but I didn't look at the downside and it, it nearly, it was not good there for a while just because it was just too much, too fast. Um, and I was, I was just, I was just, my eyes were too big and my realistic, you know, yeah, anchor was gone.
1: Yeah. Did you so looking back on that? How did you feel like that's informed your or like like your decision making process? Because clearly you didn't stop, like you didn't say, "Well, it's just never going to be good again, and I'm not going to try anything in the future." Um, but you you maybe maybe it gave you a different you know pair of, pair of lenses to look at it through. Yeah,
2: yeah, and I think you know your series traveling light the in that vein, it's it's looking at potential opportunities and understanding the spectrum of potential great success to potential failure and being okay with both i mean you can be happy with the failure but being okay with it and so you know if i open a a location now um i'm super realistic i'm like this could blow it up and this could be crazy good or this just may struggle and be a, a, a a a a money sink for a while Mm-hmm. And so understanding and accepting the, both realities helps. And, and if I said, no, I can't, I can't, I can't risk that. I won't do it. So I, right. I, I note a lot of opportunities that have potential huge upside because I don't like the, I don't like them. I just don't like the potential downside.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and I think too, one of the things that I like in our discussions all the time is when you observe downside. So I think there's there's a couple of things we talk about. One is, okay, profitability. Is, is this going to work? Or, or 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 as you said, are we going to feed it money? And how long am I comfortable feeding it money till it does work or I, I cut it off? But I think with you, the other thing that's great is, is the quality of life. Like, I could do it. And then is it going to affect some of the other things that you have going on in, in your life? Because- Again, you could you could you could put in more more hours. You could definitely do more, but I think you you always do a really good job of putting that filter on as well.
2: Well, we've talked. Yeah, you've you've helped guide me on some of those decisions too. If of hey, does this does this make sense in the big picture? Is this is this really does this really make sense for where you want to go, or yeah. is it just a shiny new car on the side that's the right. Yeah, so,
1: are we? Is, is is this really a rich life that I'm creating? Or, Absolutely. or is it something that I'm going to look back on and go, I really wish I wouldn't have done that. it's, it's not growth for growth's sake,
2: right, right?
1: Uh, John, one one last thing I want to I want to camp on here as we f- finish up is uh, so this is a podcast that's designed to inspire advisors to increase profitability and quality of life, and and as I said earlier, our our listeners they're in a pretty broad swath. Uh, we've got people just starting out, people that have been in the business a long time. Um, that that uh, and and everywhere in between that are on this road to doing holistic, big picture fee based financial planning, where they are curators of really powerful ideas, and and, and their approach to working with clients um, is all about increasing their profitability and quality of life in all all the areas, and in, in particularly and in addition to the areas you typically think of financially, but you you've had the opportunity to have a ton of advisor exposure uh, in this space. Um, you know, people that are, do, do one thing only people who do a whole lot of things. and I just, if you were going to, going to give them a word to, to say, Hey, here's some things I would think about and and being on the other side of us, if you will, our industry or or us that you would say you might, you might want to move towards or things you might want to move away from in in your experience.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've, 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 I've had a few different experiences and, and, um, I tell you the the ones the ones that um I think like like your approach I think the whole like is is not a majority of people like I think there's very few people that understand that you know just just putting money in an index fund and doing a calculation and saying all right this is it right. um, and I said well what about my you know what about my kids what about when I want to retire what what about my and there's things that I don't even know that you've brought up so many times like is that really can you (laughs) and I think for 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 an advisor that really jumps off the page is like whoa now this is legit is is number one takes takes a little bit of time to say hey where are you at what are you looking for like what's your goals and and being creative being like creatives to say well let's think about this let's sit down and put our heads together and it's it's a conversation yeah and just saying, here's what we do. Here are the only places I can put this money, and you know, thumbs up. We'll see you tomorrow. And um, and 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 I, I think so. But the big picture of of them, someone understanding where I want to go, where I'm at, um, is huge. I think that's huge. And and also, um, I had I had a advisor once that I asked him about doing a backdoor IRA in. He's like, you, you can't do that. And and it, it could have been very easy. He said, Oh, you know what? Let me go, let me go check. <laughs> and I was like, that was that's when I switched advisors. <laughs> I was like, I'm pretty sure you can. And I'm I i do not know any of this stuff. But I I that that I think the whole I told
1: you never to tell people I told you
2: that. <laughs> <laughs> no, um no, I, I think I think it's I think it's listening and providing providing like practical solutions is it's and it's as simple as that. I think that's that's really understanding where you want to go and saying, hey, well, let's think of a few different pathways that make sense to you. And then I, I think that conversation is just just gold. Yeah,
1: I, I love it, John. One of the things we talk about all the time is is. You got to know what story people are in about money and and where they are, what a rich life really looks like. And really, even many times try and wrap that in language with with the client that you're serving, because it just gets really foggy otherwise. And and if it doesn't stay new, if it doesn't stay fresh, because we change as people, um, we may be heading towards a goal that we inherited from the 10 or 15 year younger version of ourselves. And uh, and and so I think that's that's a great point that's brought up. John, man, I, I'm so grateful you've been a part of what we're doing here today. Thanks for being on the on the show. Love you, brother, and I uh, look forward to doing it again.
0: Thanks, guys. This is great. I appreciate it. And thank you to our listeners for joining us on the Busy, From Busy to Rich, the podcast designed to inspire advisors and increase profitability and quality of life. Please join us in the next episode where we'll continue this series on traveling light. If you want to dive deeper into these or some of the other topics we've covered, You can learn more at www.westyounglive.com and take advantage of the 25% discount by using the code PODCAST25. One word, PODCAST25. Thanks again.